Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. And I'm Ty Kersley. Our show today is Youth Power. Thanks for joining us as we amplify the youth that are driving the gun violence prevention movement and changing the political perspective across the nation. Today, I'm speaking with New York City Youth for Trans Rights about their success organizing the Transgender Day of Visibility 2023. And we'll hear from Rachel Jacoby of March for Our Lives and Abby Kosicki, Highland Park survivor and organizer with Newtown Action Alliance. And we'll give you a quick update on the judiciary hearing in New York about the victims of violent crime called by Ohio Representative Jim Jordan to embarrass prosecutor Alvin Bragg. Okay. Hi, when I got to the rally in front of 26 Federal Plaza today at 8.45 a.m., there was a heavy mist and the rally was already in full swing. So tell us about it. Yeah, we were there, rain or shine. Uh, We had our protesters and our signs and we were letting everyone know that Jim Jordan was throwing a sham of a hearing because he was saying that the New York victims of violent crime was basically Alvin Bragg's fault, which is lies because you're actually safer on the island of Manhattan than you are in the district that Jim Jordan represents. So that also brought in other members who wanted to protest the fact that Jim Jordan co-conspirated to have an armed insurrection to take away democracy from our country and also turned a blind eye to sexual assault at Ohio State University for years. So it did bring out a lot of people not above the law. We had not just our GVP movements, but ACLU and everyone else wanted to get involved. So after yelling fraud about, I don't know, 20 times in a row, we did get a report back from Rise and Resist that they could hear us as we were outside. All we want is accountability. And most of the GOP and a lot of people in this country have been able to get away with a lot. And it's time to stop that now. Okay. Yeah, got a sample for you. So let's listen to J.W. Walker, our gag president, crowning these American heroes, our prosecutors, fierce queens. <laughs> Right down to it. He's the biggest problem all. We in New York 
knew he was a fraud. That's right. That's oh, yeah. why we didn't vote for him. That's right. why he lost his home state, his home city, his home borough, yeah. and the borough of his birth. Because New Yorkers know him best. Yeah. And, and we drove him straight out of town. Well, it was definitely gag style, and many thanks to our speakers. It was a great morning to advocate for democracy and to pull focus from the Jim Jordan Circus. So let's get into some of the new power in our movement. Ty, tell us about Youth Power and Transgender Day of Visibility. Yeah, so I met with members of the New York City Youth for Trans Rights. They are a new activist group. Um, in response to the legislation that is attacking trans uh, youth and and uh, people in general all throughout the nation. Uh, all of these members are either 20 or younger, and they were able to put together a very successful Transgender Day of Visibility back on March 31st, possibly over a thousand people. So I asked them three questions. I wanted to find out what they thought of marketing campaigns to trans people uh, and then also ask them, what is, it, what is it that they need from us and from our listeners? Great. Let's listen. I am pleased to welcome New York City Youth for Trans Rights to Radio Gag. Let's start with introductions, and then I want you to tell our listeners about the huge success of Transgender Day of Visibility in New York City on March 31st. My name is Alex. I use um, he, they, it, and I'm an organizer for NYC's for trans rights. Um, I have been like doing activism stuff since I was probably like nine years old. Honestly, I, I came up with this group because of all of like the legislation and everything. And I made this with my friends. We held a march um, for Trans Day Visibility. And um, we had like over a thousand people show up. We had Tommy Dorfman speak. We had um, Violet Stanza speak. Um, it was very crazy. Um, it was like featured in Vogue. It was, it was crazy. No, but great. I'm, I'm really, really proud of it, and I'm really proud of like everyone who was like everyone who's a part of the organization who has helped, and like the people we've met along the way. Okay, I'm Raven. Um, my pronouns are they, he. I'm 17, and I'm also an organizer for NYC Youth for Trans Rights. My for biggest success, I think, honestly, Misa and I's friendship, like the relationship that we've developed because of NYC Youth for Trans Rights is really, really like insane to me. And it's really like, it's surreal that I can develop these relationships because of an organization that I was a part of starting and like, I'm able to bring these people community that they didn't have before. Yes, that's so true. Um, but yeah, it's insane that we're able to like create these relationships and, you know, build community in the way that we have. Yeah. But, because I know a lot of people haven't had that in their lifetime and like really, really need it, especially right now. My name is Misa. I go by she, her pronouns. Um, I'm 20 years old and uh, the act I came, uh, I've been in activism for about six months. Um, okay. I've been in New York City. I'm... Mina, and I use he, they pronouns, and I'm a sophomore at Lab High School in New York, 
and um, I'm a part of the NYC Youth for Trans Rights organization. Yeah. Any thoughts on the recent Bud Light campaign, uh, marketing to the trans community, and then, of course, the horrible backlash? For me, um, I thought it was very disheartening to see people being so, like, blatantly transphobic on specifically, like, Dylan Mulvaney's posts. And, like, to her, because just because she was featured in, like, an ad. I do think it is a good thing that companies are trying to, like, be more inclusive and trying to have, like, more trans people, more people of color, like, more more people, like, who are affected by stuff in, like, their advertising. But I also, I, I think it can be a little weird when it's clear that they're just doing it for money. You organized yourselves and have accomplished so much recently. What do you need from us and how can our listeners support you? And the problem is that when we're reaching out to people, like, you know, you can't put in your Instagram thing, like only trans people can see our Instagram, you know, like it's so you end up like anyone can find our things, which makes it difficult because sometimes, you know, people who are not so awesome. There was that guy who came to our last protest who found out, I'm sure, through social medias and are sorry, but you're always sort of risking um, like reaching the wrong people. And like, as for other things, I would say like, just try and like uplift like the trans voices that you hear, if that makes sense. Try to help them and then ask them how they think that you could, you know, spread out your your love and your support. But like check in with your trans friends and the people you know who are trans because you, everyone everyone wants and needs something different, you know. And mm-hmm. Right. Like right now, where we're at as a organization um well actually no let me speak as a community first where we're at as a community i personally feel we are very divided um there are a lot of people out there that identify as lgbtq specifically um lesbian and gay that don't quite agree with um transgender individuals either. They're not standing up for them. I see a divide, it's, it's everywhere. Um, and I feel like that's what we need to work on right now. That's like our kind of our next step of, as an organization, we just need support. I mean, we are, we're kids. I'm the oldest one in the group being 20 years old and that's still really young. Um, so like having adults, like people that have been in activism longer than us backing us up and standing behind us, you know, like, it, it means something. And it's really important because while we are the new generation, a lot of people don't take the new generation seriously. And I feel like we're taken a lot more seriously with, with people like that backing us up. To learn more about us, you can check us out on our Instagram, which is NYC Youth, the letter four, and then trans rights. We pretty much have everything there. We have a link tree with like stuff like our GoFundMe, um, our website. We have trans resources for just general trans people. Our TikTok, our Instagram, our Twitter. We have everything linked on there. So yeah, um, just go to our Instagram. That's like our main page for pretty much everything. And now we've returned to our Youth Power episode. March for Our Lives is a youth movement that has led to the largest voter turnouts and national elections in 50 years. 
Next, we hear from Rachel Jacoby, March for Our Lives organizer and vice president of the Illinois Alliance to Prevent Gun Violence. Here's Sarah and Rachel. Good afternoon, listeners. Uh, we are here with Rachel Jacoby. Rachel is an organizer with March for Our Lives, and she's also the vice president of the Illinois Alliance to Prevent Gun Violence. Uh, Rachel, I want you to tell us about your work and especially about how you've been able to move uh, gun owners and uh, Republicans and in Illinois. Yeah, Sarah, well, first, just thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So I have done a lot of work in Illinois. I'm from Highland Park, Illinois, which is, as you know, a community that was affected by a mass shooting last summer. And a lot of my work has been focused on legislative solutions. And I led the grassroots organizing effort for the Protect Illinois Communities Act, which made Illinois the ninth state in the country to ban assault weapons. And it also had a few other gun safety provisions in there. Um, but on top of that, I'm also a graduate student and I wrote my thesis on a new initiative in Lake County that's housed in the prosecutor's office, whose purpose is to reduce and prevent everyday gun violence in Illinois. And I think that's what you were referring to because part of that work for my thesis included interviewing and running focus groups with residents of my home county in Lake County who included Republicans and included gun owners. It also included liberals and people who support gun safety legislation, but we were really trying to be intentional about getting a broad group. And we had just open conversations about these types of issues, about reforming the criminal justice system. We had conversations about what does it mean to think about gun violence as a serious problem in our county? And what we found is that across the board, Democrats, Republicans, old people, young people, people who are gun owners, people who are not gun owners, generally agreed that gun violence was a growing problem and that our county needed to do more to address it. And I think that's a really important grounding and set of facts that all of us who care about this issue and who care about any gun violence um, can get behind and think and center our solutions around. Absolutely. And it just excites me just to think about the community board working to create a gun violence prevention initiative. And then, of course, the assault weapons ban. That's really big. And we're so excited about that, too. Now, where do you Thank see? You. So are we. <laughs> right. It's been a long time coming. Um, where do you see the movement going next? That's a really good question and actually something I've been doing a lot of reflecting on recently. I think there are a few big things. I'll say kind of like a broad idea and something around something that's important to me and then I'll like get into like specific legislation and provisions and investments that I want to see. Um, so starting with that broad idea, I think like the most important thing that I'm trying to focus on right now and that I think a lot of other youth organizers are thinking about is how can we make the gun violence prevention movement more proactive instead of reactive. Because what we see is that after a shooting, like what we saw in Nashville a few weeks ago, there's a lot of energy in the movement and people are ready to march and to rally and to take to the streets and to call their senators to pass gun safety laws. But unfortunately, a lot of that energy only comes after something tragic has happened. But what a lot of us are thinking about is how can we make people energized about this issue and get them to take those actions before something 
horrible happens to prevent that tragedy from happening in the first place. So I think like that's a really big focus of mine going forward is how do we make this an issue that people care about every single day, not just after a mass shooting has occurred. Then I guess to talk a little bit more about kind of what I'm thinking in terms of legislatively and where we go from here. Um, I think there are a lot of really great bills that are out there in the, like federally right now. I'm really excited about Congressman Maxwell Frost's bill. And as you know, Congressman Frost is the first Gen Z member of Congress and his bill would create an office of gun violence prevention to allow the federal government to actually study gun violence think about its root causes and solutions and use a data-driven approach and also just consolidate resources in the government focused on this issue. So I think that's a really, really important bill at the federal level that I'm excited about. And on top of that, I think we just need to see more investments in community violence intervention programs as well, um, because we know that a lot of the gun violence that we see in this country doesn't make the headlines and isn't talked about in the same way as mass shootings are. Um, so I think putting resources into addressing that kind of violence using a data-driven and evidence-based approach through community violence intervention programs is really, really important. We'll save a lot of lives. Yeah, and there's so many ways to keep working. As you know, there's this work can be physically exhausting, but also really emotionally draining too, just given kind of the heaviness of this topic. And I think one of the most important things I've learned is that finding community, whether it's community within the movement of other organizers and activists and people who care about this issue or outside the movement through friends and family who also care about the issue but aren't maybe spending all of their time thinking about it. I think it's really important to protect your mental health and to make sure that you're taking care of yourself today so you can show up tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that. Absolutely. So now please tell us how our listeners can support your work. Gosh, yeah, there's so many ways, which is, I think, really, really exciting, but I know can also be overwhelming. So I'm going to try to distill it, I think, into three kind of action items. So I'd say the first is to get involved. For me, I've found so much meaning in community and grassroots organizing and activism by getting involved with organizations like March for Our Lives um, and Moms Demand Action, but those are just two and there are dozens of organizations you can get involved. I lead a group, as you mentioned earlier, called the Illinois Alliance to Prevent Gun Violence in Illinois, and we're a coalition of grassroots-based organizations from within Illinois, but also around the country who are who come together to think about how we can support each other and how we can fight for gun safety across the entire country. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever, and reach out. And I would love to have a chat um, about how we can get you plugged into that. So that's the first bucket of grassroots organizing. I think the second is what I'm gonna call like donations. I think a lot of the organizations that are, that are on the front lines of this work don't always get the most attention. So think about donating to local organizations in your community. In particular, think about donating to youth-led organizations like March for Our Lives that is out on the front lines like we were in Tennessee last week, in Michigan earlier this year, in every other state that's been affected and 
putting power and resources into the hands of youth organizers because young people have grown up affected by this issue and they should be the ones closest to the power and closest to the solution. And March for Our Lives is really, really great about distributing that power. So I am an organizer with March for Our Lives. I'm biased, but I think March for Our Lives does great work. But think about if you have the resources, think about where you can donate them in a way that would be most effective and that aligns with your goals. And then the third bucket is what I call relational organizing. So this is a sometimes seems a bit informal, but essentially what it is, is you just have conversations. So when you are at a Ramadan iftar or at a Passover Seder or at an Easter brunch, have conversations with your friends, with your family members, with your loved ones about gun violence and gun safety and normalize these types of conversations in everyday life. You don't need to be like really, really intense about it. You can be natural and casual, but the people in our lives are the ones that we have the most influence over because the people in our lives care about us and love us. So feel free to talk to them and have conversations about how they can get involved in the gun violence prevention movement, whether it's something as simple as calling their senator or whether it's more of an ask, like showing up to a rally or joining a group like Moms Demand Action. I think having those conversations with people in our circles is a really, really important way to bring people that you love and care about into the movement. Great, now more than ever, Rachel Jacoby, organizer for March for Our Lives, vice president of the Illinois Alliance to Prevent Gun Violence. Thank you so much for being with us today. Sarah, thank you so much for having me and for all of the great work that you and Gaves Against Guns are doing, so thank you. Great. Good afternoon, listeners. We are so excited to have Abby Kosicki here. And I met Abby phone banking with the Newtown Action Alliance. So Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Sarah. Thank you sincerely for having me. It means a lot. It's really fun. So tell us about um, how you got involved in gun violence prevention was there a connection with the newtown action alliance right so it kind of has a timeline to it i um i did not know what newtown action alliance was at all before um let's say probably about august of 2022 so some background on me is i'm from highland park i currently live in evanston illinois but i'm from highland park and I am a survivor of the Highland Park parade shooting. I was there with my um, my parents and my family friends. And, you know, luckily we're okay. And and no one was physically hurt. Although sometimes I, I say, you know, I did trip running. I got like a scrape on my knee, but I'm not, um, I'm not, you know, everyone is okay. Um, but after that happened, you know, it's odd because it's even like you, you see the rest of, your life living with this in front of your eyes a little bit because you know the gravity of what just happened right after it happens you're like I guess that was like a domestic terror act I guess that was a mass shooting and so at first I was thinking oh I guess that's something that happened in my life now and I kind of sat with it with my parents and my family and family friends and like um just kind of took a step back for a while and processed um and then in August, after about a month after it happened, that's when I kind of decided, okay, you know, I think I'm ready to take action and 
um, continue forward with that, especially because, you know, I say I and my family um, and my family friends were okay, but there are seven other families and their friends and their circles that can't say the same. And I do think that I'm doing the work that they can't. In August, I went to my first uh, lunch and lobby session with Newtown Action Alliance because I had started, you know, getting involved. And so I got on this call and I just loved it. It's hosted by Angela Weber. Um, and I, I went to a few of those events. And I so I, I started a full time job just two weeks after the shooting happened. Um, and so I said, is there some sort of evening version? that people can come to to either continue their calls if they have to stop and kind of get like that accountability um you know space um or for people who can't come to the daytime ones they can come to these and it can kind of be a carbon copy and so um thus after hours lunch and lobbies were born and um the first one i think was in october 2022 um and then they started happening regularly from like late november um, onward and great. And that's how we met. Part of what I'm really passionate about is this idea that not only do you not have to be someone directly impacted by gun violence to join these actions and join this movement, those are the people that we need most, especially because, yes, maybe, you know, I'm sitting here and I was at the Highland Park Parade shooting. First of all, so were hundreds of other people. Second of all, my family members knew that we were there and they had, you know, to keep up with the news that was happening. Um, and the surrounding communities like Evanston and like Deerfield and like, um, you know, Winnetka and Glencoe and, um, and uh, Wilmette and everything and like Skokie, like all these other surrounding communities, like their own parades were canceled and they like, had shelter in place and they were scared that like they were in danger too it's just this there's this ripple effect that is not in any way invalid like it, it is just people need to take their own trauma seriously I think and like I I just I, I want people to know that not only is there space for them but we need you thanks thanks yeah so the movement is on fire right now. We've just had uh, Tennessee and we saw the um, representatives, first of all, speak with the people, then get expelled. Then the people brought them back in all to the tune of March for Our Lives and all of these young demonstrators in the Capitol in Nashville chanting about change. So where do you see the movement going next? So I really appreciate that question. Um, I think I, oh, my main answer is I do see hope, a lot of hope for the movement. And I think a lot of that is in bringing people in. Um, a lot of people are kind of joining the ranks, if that makes sense lately, which is really exciting. But what's also happening is there is so much more and more and more energy around um this this issue and i mean something that i've heard from people who 
have been in this movement for many years is that they have seen this issue of gun violence go from a you know non-issue on politicians radars and like a non-voting issue to it is in like the top five of what people vote based on and that is huge and that gives me hope um in terms of what's next i think you know that momentum will continue um and that makes me really excited i think another thing i want to say is that when i first started being active in this movement um and newtown action alliance is a big part of what taught me this at first i thought okay they're like gun violence prevention is kind of a singular issue it's like either you know you have gun deaths and gun injuries or you don't which is you know now looking back i'm like oh god no because it's like there's so many different policy um and like legislation and advocacy areas um to address this issue from i mean there's there's um background checks there's illegal trafficking there's red flag laws there's of course the assault weapons ban which gets a lot of attention right um and, you know, a lot of times what I want to say, too, is a lot of times in news coverage, especially with the assault weapons ban, you'll see, you know, in the in the headlines of like live updates when a mass shooting happens and is very covered, it will say something like President Biden called for an assault weapons ban to be passed in Congress. That is unlikely to happen. And that's all you see. But there is so much more to it than that. People are continuing to push. Things will not keep changing if we do not continue to push and grow our ranks. I feel really strongly about that. So in terms of where the movement is going, so many different places and so much faster every day, but only with people joining the ranks. Great. So that's a great segue because the next thing I want to ask you is what can we do and especially what can our listeners do to support the work that you're doing? Yes. So I really appreciate that question, too. Um, in terms of what you can do to support, um, the first thing I'll say is just a hilarious, obvious plug. Please come to the Newtown Action Alliance lunch and lobby sessions. Um, what's nice about them is that we'll walk through with you, um, you know, what's been going on in policy, the context for the certain action that we make um, during that lobby session. So the action is kind of reevaluated and set based on the week, like every week they're, um, they're uh, set. And so the beauty of that too is that the way that they're determined isn't just we look at the news and we look at policy, but it's also like Newtown Action Alliance has relationships with um, congressional offices like Senate and um, and, and uh, the House. And so they are making these decisions on the actions based on like they really strategize. And so that's something I want to put out there. And they're also regular. And so if you're looking for something to you know, show you kind of the ins and outs of uh, like what to know about getting involved in this movement and putting your voice into this movement, you will you will straight up learn it there. Um, and beginners are very welcome because we walk you through the whole thing, you know? Um, so that is number one. Number two is, um, my God, have hope. You know, like I, I am a really strong believer that so like Shannon Watts says, we are not numb, we are traumatized, right? I think that, you know, especially as I go to work and I hear there there was an instant instance of um of uh gun violence really close to the Northwestern campus um 
think a couple days ago. And so um, people have been talking about that. And something I've heard people say is, oh, we're really desensitized to this now, you know, and I really strongly disagree with that. I think we are so sensitized that we do not know what to do with ourselves and it paralyzes us. And so I really understand that because this is trauma we're dealing with. This is this is murder all the time, injuries all the time, threats all the time. It is awful. But first of all, that makes a like if you think about the view of the gun lobby and the gun industry, they're sitting there like, ah, oh, like they're not making moves because they're just so, you know, it's like it works for them to have us not do anything and believe that change isn't possible. And and so that is why hope isn't just like, you know, it's not just you saying, oh, I guess I believe this. It's you putting the effort into something and knowing that that indeed can change things. I, I feel really passionate about that. I don't think people realize the power that they have and the power of their hope in itself. Um, and so what you can do is be hopeful, which is, you know, harder said than done, but I think that's really key. Um, another very practical way to support um, this work is to donate to March for Our Lives. I'm actually wearing a March for Our Lives shirt today. Um, March for Our Lives does incredible, incredible work. Um, and their like money that they get donations for like that, that money is just used really well. It's really incredible. And of course, donate to Newtown Action Alliance too. It's funny because I have a Zoom subscription with them now. And what I say to people is, you know, if you donate to them, you can help them pay for my Zoom subscription. So, <laughs> so that's how you can help. So great. Yeah. So many things that you said. It, it, it is so impactful just having hope itself. And it's what's so key to change. It's it's like the first step. It's it's. I don't think people realize how important and 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 um, valid, like you know, proven to be a good idea having hope. This so, yeah, right. Wonderful, Abby Kasiki. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's wonderful talking to you. Thanks for being on radio. It is seriously my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns NY on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about actions. Sign up for info about meetings and actions at gagsignup at gmail.com. Remember, all are welcome to come to gag meetings. Our next meeting is April 27th at the LGBTQ Plus City Plus Center on 13th Street. And that's at 7 p.m. Oh, yeah, that's not there. Yeah, 7. <laughs> 7 to 9. Hopefully 7 to 8.30. <laughs> Great. Please join us. It's time to end our show. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or any major podcast platform. Have a great and safe day.